0: Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman, and I am Nate Jones. Each week, we get together and discuss a software design problem and how we might go about solving it using functional principles and the closure programming language. So, Nate, what are we talking about this week? Well, Christoph, I think we should talk more about our our, our logs with, their, with their full of with their uh, with their many errors. <laughs> <laughs> our, our error-ridden logs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because what else is there to say in logs, right? <laughs> oh, everything normal. Everything normal. Everything <laughs> normal.
1: Yes. I'm, uh, yeah. Definitely the, the errors are the more interesting bits. <clears throat> so, uh, so last week we left off, we had sprinkle errors. And we wanted to detect our sprinkle errors in such a way that um, they... We we were lazy. We weren't going to parse the entire file, put it, pull it on, all in memory, um, but also in a way that we didn't have to do partitions, and so we didn't we didn't artificially hamstring our fun, our, our parsing function uh, with uh, with a
0: limited look ahead, right? Right. Let let the like parsing function have total control of its own destiny. Yes. Let it eat cake and seeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Um so the the solution was pretty good um uh, but we come across a new a new requirement uh as as all software uh it doesn't actually do anything it doesn't actually grow until it hits hits the world and there's a new requirement from the world um so this week uh we we or last week we took the the list of all the sprinkle errors we sent it to the developers and they said hmm i think sprinkle errors happen because of 357 errors remember 357
0: oh. errors Oh, yes, our infa- infamous code 357, the error that made sense to the developer that wrote it and probably no developer sense in and probably still not the developer that wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: but now, now, now they think the two are correlated. They think that when, they, when the user gets a 357 error, then they suddenly are unable to sprinkle their their donut grams uh, and, and they become oh. sad users.
0: Oh, interesting. So the developers have, have this theory and so um how does that involve us?
1: Well, as the as the curators of the logs, as the uh 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 as the defenders of production, uh we are <laughs> defenders of production. <laughs> we they they have asked us to go through our log and figure out um get basically get a report of of every time there's a 357 error or there's a a, a sprinkle error so we can see okay. visually in the in the report uh what if they are correlated or not like if it's is it a burst of 357s and then sprinkle errors or are they, are they kind of come one after the other um or does once someone have a 357 they are no longer able to sprinkle until they log out i mean who knows uh but we don't know yeah we don't know until we actually see see both errors so now now we need to see we're not just parsing for one error or the other we're, we're parsing for both so when okay. someone says do i want cake or ice cream the right answer is yes i want both ah uh,
0: so uh, yeah want yeah both? yeah because before we were taking the log file we were reading it in we're, we're looking for just one kind of error and then we're summarizing that error or right. just or just listing it out and so, yeah, this is kind of annoying, right? Because now we got to go through the log file and we have to recognize both of these situations. <laughs> and, and I think that the 357 error, that was just a single line. that That's more straightforward. But yeah, our sprinkle errors were more complicated. So now we have to, like, go through and every line could possibly be one of two things. It could and, be, and boy, that sounds yeah. messy already. I'm just imagining the nested ifs. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> oh yes, the nested ifs, the bane or the of infinite all closure. conned. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> better than the infinite partition.
0: Right, right. Because like, if if you if we just try to go about this naively in in some way, you, we're staring at a line, and this this line is like. It's like a path in the woods that that diverges, right? There's a fo- uh, a fork that goes to the the error on the left called sprinkle <laughs> sprinkle error, and a fork that goes to the error <laughs> on the right called error three fifty seven, right? I guess if error three fifty seven is only one line, we could kind of like figure that out. The short path. Yeah, the short path. I'm imagining there's going to be some other error they're going to want to know, and and it's going to involve a lot of lines. <laughs> Yes. Who yeah. Knows? So which which path do we run down in the sequence, right? Like, <laughs> sounds like a problem for backtracking. Uh, some kind of like sophisticated state parsing machine. I don't know. Maybe there's a framework for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not closure. Closure doesn't like frameworks. Uh,
0: closure on paths. That's that's what we could call it. Closure on paths. <laughs> <laughs> Take all the paths at once and and find and find the right one, (laughs) right? Well, so what do you think? It like like we gotta go through the log and we gotta find each of these things, right? And and so
1: you know, I mean, we we don't actually have to parse them at the same time. We just have to be able to recognize each one in turn. Because if we start down one of those paths, if it's either if it's a three fifty seven error, we we don't we don't need to then. After that, try to figure out if there's more sprinkle to it. you know we know that, right. we know that there's no sprinkle down that path, um, and vice versa yes. we, they, we don't we know there's no f- 357 down the sprinkle path, and so we we can kind of try to take each one of these in turn, you know, like if we had a, if we had a function that would basically take you know the the sequence because we, we want to be lazy still we don't want to go back to the land of eagerness, we want to stay lazy right. Um, right. We have to be able to to our function will have to be able to take the whole sequence and be able to recognize what error, whatever comes out of it, you know. Um, yeah. And so and so parsing the three fifty seven error would be relatively straightforward, right? We actually had a, a right. We had we had we had a, a function before to parse these errors, but it only took single lines. It didn't take the whole sequence. So, okay. So so we could just level that one up and and have it parse. To just take the lines and just you know just take the first line, and see if so. It, if so it you want to
0: have a function like that takes the sequence and produces a three fifty seven error, like if that's if that's at the head of the the sequence, and then you want to have another function that takes the sequence and produces the sprinkle error if that's at the head of the sequence. Is 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 that what you're kind of getting to? Yeah, I think you know, you, you,
1: you, you try to, you, we, should, we should try to build it up out of, out of, you know, small parts, you know. And so, like last week, we had a function that, you know, recognized wrinkle errors. It, it, it pulled that sequence apart, and also it handled the lazy seek. It handled traversing the sequence and, and, and skipping ahead to the next place that it could start finding another sprinkle error. But that was all in one function. And so there was no place for us to kind of, like, you know, introduce a second parsing you know, in, in, in that, in that function. And so I think if we start a little simpler, you know, and just have it take a sequence and return something it found or, or I guess nil, like didn't find anything. So,
0: okay. Yeah. So, so write a function that takes the sequence and it, so we so each of these functions takes a sequence and and returns that error if it's like starting at the head of the sequence, or returns nil if it's not. Right. Because because nil is nice because then then uh, you can use nil punning, right? So so then if you if it's gonna be a uh, three fifty seven error, or it's gonna be a sprinkle error, <laughs> then then nil punning and or <laughs> work work together rather nicely, right? Like you could just you can just write an or block and then you can hand the 350 like parse 357 error and yeah. the sequence. It's and wh- then if if that gives us a nil, then it will it will call the next one. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So you can just kind of compose, right? So then then the logic for each of them is in their own function. So that's nice. So that the, they they're not all complected together into a Sea of nested ifs and cons, right?
1: <laughs> yes, and we we have satisfied our uh, contractual obligations as closure podcasters. We've had said the word complexed at least once in our series. Yes,
0: yes, but yeah, and totally, uh, exactly what you said. Um, okay, so so then so then um, yeah, well, we could have like a function that then just basically calls or on those, so it could just be like you know parse. Like parse next error or like parse next or something, and so then then you like hand it a seek and then and you'll get the next thing out, or or nil right like if it didn't find anything,
1: right. And the cool thing is is it gets the next whatever out like it's not just the next sprinkle the next three fifty seven or the next you know we could just keep adding more errors if we wanted to you know who oh, knows yeah, what yeah. what what the developers would want to have in the future. But, I, and I think you said it, maybe you didn't, uh, it's a nice inventory of all the different kinds of errors that we're going to look for in the sequence. And it's succinct. It's or, and then there's just one function call right, right after the other, you know, so it's a little catalog there.
0: Well, I've definitely said that sort of thing on many other occasions. <laughs> I don't know if I said it in this case, but yeah, it's nice to have these functions that are like a table of contents, you know? And And so you just open this function like like parse next uh, error, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you and it's like, oh, okay, first we try for a 357 error. And if that doesn't work, then we try for a sprinkle error. And if that doesn't work, then we try for, you know, a, a unicorn happening. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't work, then we try for the kaboom error. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making stuff up, right? So it's like a nice little catalog of the things that could happen. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah, and then and then that single function you just throw a, a sequence at it, and then it gives you a thing back out. Okay, that that's cool. But like, we don't just want a thing. We want we want all of the things, right? We
1: want. All of the parsable things, right? So we want basically every single time that that function would return something for each successive line in the file, you know. And so um, well, but we did that last week with with uh, with Lazyseek. you know Lazyseek allowed us to traverse something and, and 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 so to speak grab the next thing. So how about if we use
0: that again in this situation? Okay. Okay, yeah, because last week we wrote, if you go look at the show notes code, you can see the code, uh, and and we had this very uh, large, thick function <laughs> that would both do the parsing and then emit a, a an element into a lazy seek, right? Using the lazy seek idiom. and And so now we've pulled like the parsing code out into its own function. So I bet we could do, yeah, the similar sort of, similar sort of strategy with yeah. this new parse function? Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
1: it would just basically share the same structure. So, you know, the, the top of the function, so let's call this, this function, you know, parse. You know, this is the, uh, or, you know, parse errors because um, we want to get all the errors out, right? Sure. And, and so that the top of the function is, or the idiom is lazy seek, right? So top of the function has lazy seek. Um, oh, wait, what does the function take? The function takes uh, the the the, the, the sequence Which of lines, function? right? This the parse function.
0: Yeah, yeah. The like the parse par, parse error right. or parse next error, because it doesn't parse out all the errors, right? Like like we we'll, we should have a function that parses out all the errors. It takes a sequence and then it produces that that sequence of all the things, right? So that could be like right. parse errors. Okay, so should we what and should then, we call that? And they'll function, have a parse function all? like park park Yeah, sure. Yeah, parse all and parse next. How about that? Now now we've yeah, uh, fulfilled good. our obligation to, to have uh, bike-shedding on naming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a requirement of all programming
1: podcasts. And, and, and uh, next up, cache consistency. <laughs>
0: and then finally, <laughs> off-by-one errors. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so yes, so parse all and parse next. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> so parse all... You know, it takes a function and returns a
1: function, right? Like, like I think it, it takes it, a sequence and returns a sequence. Yes. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Yes. It P- takes a function, takes this. Wow, I really want to take a function, apparently.
0: You really want to make it higher order,
1: <laughs> Yes, no, I want to. Oh, let's make it low order. It's uh, just takes a sequence, nice. returns a sequence.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so it's going to take a sequence and it will take that like that the head of that sequence it will pass it to parse next and then if it gets a thing back from that then it will cons it and call itself recursively right oh and yeah. i guess we have to wrap the whole thing in lazy seek so it doesn't just go into like super eager recursion and explode <laughs> yes right yes depth first no we want
1: we want laziness so, yeah at the top is lazy seek and then our when-seek our when, our when seek lines, because we don't want to continue on if there's no more data to look at. Um.
0: Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, even though that's not a ton of boilerplate, it is kind of nice to take that boilerplate and put it into its own function, right? Wrap the whole thing in lazy-seek. It's a thing you got to remember to do. Yeah. Check for the end of the sequence. It's another thing you got to in- do. Try to parse something out. If you find something, cons it onto yourself recursively. If not, just call yourself recursively with the next line, right? So, it just advances one line at a time. So, then we can just focus on building up our inventory of uh, little parsers instead of uh, rewriting this boilerplate lazy seek over and over again. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Okay, so then we're going to get this, we're going to take the log, and we're going to funnel it through, and and then we can, we can like, map or filter these items, like we could just filter, I guess it only parses two things, so we can just take the stream of that, and we can, we can um, map that through, we could do a do-all or something, and print out uh, summary information for each line, or I guess we also have, like, the raw data that got logged way back in, uh, The first part of this series, right? weren't we capturing like the raw log line when we parsed all these lines? Uh, Yeah, I believe that's part of that back out again. Yeah, all sorts of things we could do once we have that.
1: Yeah, and it's it's one one nice thing is that each function that does the parsing, like does the the recognizing, like parsing the sprinkle or parsing the three fifty seven, has access to the entire sequence to to go as far as it needs to to decide. If it's recognized, it. Uh, but it doesn't have well, at least the, way, the the way we 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 talked about it, where if it returns nil or something that's found, you know, there's it it doesn't have to concern itself with advancing down the next you know the next step in the sequence because that that top level parse all function, you know, if it finds something, it 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 calls itself recursively on on the rest. But if it doesn't find anything, it just calls itself recursively on the rest as well, just have in, without causing right. it on the, the front, and so that that locks us into trying to parse at at, e- at try to at least to start parsing it at each line in the log file.
0: Yeah, because everything we try to recognize will have a clear starting point and a clear ending point, even if that's the same line, like with a three fifty seven error. So we know by advancing one line at a time, we will encounter all of the starting points. And then it's up to the function to know how to tell when it ends. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. And then what's
0: kind of neat, too, is since this is a lazy sequence, you can do other, like we could have other pattern recognizers that operate on the sequence of things, right? So we could write a function oh. that takes this lazy sequence. Kind of, it's it's the same sort of game we played at the low level. We can play that game at the high level. So write a function that uh, runs through the log and and every time and, and so we, we, we like feed it a sequence of, of errors and it goes, okay, is this a 357 error? Yes, it is. Okay, now let me run through the rest of the sequence or or some you
1: mm-hmm. know amount
0: of time forward until i i find like this user mentioned again and uh, and so long as the log has an ending you know that function will eventually terminate <laughs> and so yeah. then you then that could return like a list of related errors and now now you can now you can take your sequence of errors and you can turn it into A sequence where everything is grouped by the 357 error followed by all the follow-up stuff. By all the sprinkles that happen. All
1: the sprinkles that failed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And And so, so this yeah, the same tricks at the low level work at the higher level. And then, you know, I'm sure you could do a higher level on top of that. That reminds me of our episode back with the time log processing. Um, If you go back and listen, I guess, to the summary episode at the very end of that. Some of our aha's about leveling things up, right? Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, and being able, like, you can either level it up, and so you you lose the lower levels, or you could just decorate the lower levels so that they're easy to aggregate. You know, it depends on your on your use case. Uh, we
0: explored that a little yeah. more back then. Um, yeah, yeah. So go go check out uh, that episode. Be linked to in the show notes, of which, of course, you can always find on our website at ClosureDesign.club. Uh, go check out code for this episode on our website too. Lots of, lots of good things there.
1: Yeah, definitely. If you, uh, if you'd like to reach out and, uh, and talk to us, uh, send us an email at feedback at closuredesign.club or on Twitter. That'd be fun too. Um, and if you uh, are enjoying these, this, this series or the series before or any of our talking, uh, please, please come on over to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. Uh, we very much appreciate those. That really helps us know that we're reaching you. It also helps other people find us. Thanks.
0: Yeah, and if you are a fan of Twitter, go ahead and send us a tweet and tell us what you like about the show. Tell us, tell us either like a favorite moment or a question that you would love us to explore. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter. So you can just tweet at us at Closure Design. Okay, that is going to be it for this week. We will be back next week. Until then, elevate to correlate.